Hello and welcome back everybody to the Real Madrid podcast for this midweek update and plenty of reaction to the 1-1 draw in Capno in the Copa del Rey last night. There were elements of surprise initially for the watching medias. Firstly, that's Marcelo actually started the game, Reguilon, who'd played in the last seven and who'd been very consistent indeed, wasn't even on the bench. No place either for Mariano, who returned, of course, with a goal against Alaves at the weekend. Now, six minutes in, Vasquez inclusion was vindicated when he scored his fifth goal since November. One of the best runs of form of his career. His last three goals of all come in the Copa del Rey. Now, alarming to many was the performance of Marcelo. He was neither potent in attack and defensively was left in the cold for most of the night by a rampant Malcolm, a player whose very future at Barcelona has been in doubt for the majority of this season. He responded with his best game in a Barcelona shirt, and we'll have more on his performance in a minute. Uh, what the future holds for Marcelo at present is difficult to say. It's highly unlikely that Juventus will be interested in buying unless this is maybe just a dip in form as opposed to a peak already being reached and decline now in motion. The play of views from elsewhere, Navas was in for Courtois, most generally OK, was deemed to have been a little bit slow and indecisive at times coming for long balls. Karim Benzema good in the first half, saw very little of the ball in the second half and his influence waned. Uh, Varane, plenty of praise for him as well, dominated Suarez for most of the evening, one of his best games in recent times. On to Vinicius, and whilst showing no signs of nerves and sending in the cross that's led to the goal, he did waste some key opportunities, but he did help Marcel out as well on a number of occasions defensively. Sergio Ramos in his 40th Clásico, in which he had previously scored four goals and picked up five red cards, got that early yellow. It didn't temper his game, though. And if he plays, by the way, the next two Clásicos, he will equal Gento, Xavi and Sanchez as playing the most career Clásicos. Llorente, it's generally agreed, was perhaps the best of the midfield until leaving with a muscular injury. Cruz found the pace of the game a little tough, and Bale hardly got a mention either good or bad. But the worst was saved for Marcelo, and for some, one word summed up his 90 minutes. Disaster. Now, after match, some of the reaction, Keila Navas, one of the first to the mic. I think the result is fair, he said. We both had spells where we dominated the game. Personally, he added, I'm very grateful to God because he always gives me the strength and motivation. I give everything for this shirt. We must all take advantage of the privilege of playing here. Putraguena followed it up saying we played well for the first 20 minutes. We should have scored a second goal. The general feeling is, though, that a draw would have been a good result, so we are not disappointed at all. Vinicius has done very well as well. He's fast. He continues to create chances. We are very happy with him. It's difficult for Solari at present. Many players are playing well. It is going to be difficult for him to accommodate everybody. Just before he finished, though, he did have a dig at the scheduling of the game. We were surprised, he said, that Barcelona had one more rest day than us. Lucas Vasquez, he said, first of all, we expected Messi to start. This was a bit of a surprise. But we played well. We deserved to win. We played better than they did. We created more chances and we will do what we have to at home to ensure we make the final.
as for Solari's view. We had chances, he said, to score in both halves, Bale and Cruz in particular. It was a very good game to watch for everybody out there. A lot to admire on field. On Marcelo, he wasn't going to be drawn into a critique. He is a vice-captain, he said. He plays 100% for this club. He will get back to his best form. On Vinicius, he said, I'm not surprised by him at all. I've known him since he arrived here just a few months ago. Remember, though, he is still just an 18-year-old boy. The team have done exceptionally well to help him on the pitch, and that has ensured he gives the performances that he does. Back to Marcelo. His contribution was broken down in more detail in sections of the media, and up against Malcolm, it didn't make for happy reading either. Previously this season, Malcolm had made five successful dribbles in 400 and 53 attempts. Quite incredible, really, uh, which underlined his struggle to adapt. Now, last night against Marcelo, it was five successful in 75 minutes. Marcelo won only seven tackles out of the 16, lost possession seven times, only recovering on three occasions, and made just 40 successful passes. Now, moving on, a quick update on the Ezekiel Palacios situation. He, remember, was expected to sign in January from River Plate. He was interviewed in Argentina. I'm calm and happy, he said here at River. I'm proud to wear this shirt. I enjoy training and every game I play. On a potential move to Europe, yes, I've spoken to Marcelo a few times, but I don't give much importance to this at the moment. It's flattering. Madrid and Inter are said to be interested. They are two great clubs, but my head is 100% at River. Now, could Dybala's move be back on after Madrid were given detail that his fee would be around at about 120 million, not the 160 million originally quoted? But at that price, Madrid have now got company by Munich, Liverpool, and Manchester United all said to be in the hunt as well. But there remains the Isco situation. Madrid value him at around 80 million. Juventus no more than 50. And as they've actually given way on Dybala's value, the expectation is that Madrid should do the same on Isco and they can make up part of the deal. Now, more bad news for Brahim Diaz. Recently moved, remember, from Manchester City. And many inside Madrid are wondering why on earth Perez actually spent the money to buy him, with so many players competing in his position. His chance of game time before the end of the season, unless there is an outbreak of injuries, is all but zero. Moves are being made to get him to go on loan to Espanyol. So far, he has refused all mention of a loan. On to Neymar and his return to Spain. All of the potential reunion rumours with Barcelona have been blown out to the water in the last 12 hours. Bartomeu said, I have never been called or spoken to by his father. We are preparing for next season and Neymar's name is not on the table. Eden Hazard continues to speak and tease about his future and reveal basically nothing. I've already decided what I'm going to do for now. He said, all I can think, though, at the moment is to play well for Chelsea. My decision will be known soon. Making headlines today, one restaurant in London, which coincidentally has Pochettino and Perez, his assistant, plus Zidane and Beckham, all dining around about the same time before sneaking out the back door so as not to be seen. And the reasons for being there, all purely coincidental, it said.
Sergio Ramos was talking about life after Ronaldo and other things in interview and on his considerable goal-scoring record. I mean, lucky, he said, to contribute with goals, but people shouldn't just overlook the defensive work that's put in that's needed to win games as well, which is also considerable. He has, of course, taken over penalty duties as well. After Cristiano left, he said, I took over the role and I was exceedingly happy to do it. And he, like the rest of the team, is fully engaged with the schedule ahead. We're still in everything and our form has improved greatly. The hard work is paying off and we are relishing the opportunities that lie ahead of us. And lastly, what is the key then to being and remaining an elite player well into your 30s and beyond? I have routines, he said. I change nothing. You have to sacrifice and you must have the dedication to your profession at all times. For me, it's simple. I go to bed at the same time. I rest well. I eat well. I train hard. These things are the minimum requirements and make it more easy to deal with the day-to-day pressure of being at a club like this. Back to Luka Modric, whose performances of late have been a reminder of what he can still deliver for the team. He was told earlier on in the season his contract, though, would be renewed with a salary increase that would give him parity with the offer made by Inter Milan, i.e. £10 million a season. But this has been slow to arrive and Modric will not bow on it. Either the contract, he said, is going to be equal to Inter's or he will seek a move away. And Benzema, too, is feeling somewhat emboldened after his recent displays, which have elevated his status. And instead of being constantly linked to headlines that Madrid want him gone, and he doesn't score enough goals, now it's as a target for other clubs. His name linked with both of the Milans this week, Arsenal and Napoli, all said to want him as well this summer, as well as PSG, of course, who see him as a potential replacement for Edinson Cavani. Uh, What about Benzema himself? Well, he, remember, still has a contract until 2021 and he will seek a four-year deal if there is to be a move this summer uh, to whoever it's with and he will not reduce his salary. And if he did head off Paris way, that he could well be joined by Casemiro. PSG is said to be very interested in signing him in the summer. Remember, his termination clause is $200 million, but a sale price would be half or potentially under that. And with the advancement, remember, of Lorente, of course, in recent months, it may well be tempting and the cash could be used as a part of the summer rebuilding process at Madrid. Now, moving on, on the eve of playing in Barcelona for the very first time, more details emerged of how close Vinicius came to actually playing for Barcelona. The player, it's revealed, had a pre-contract agreement with Barcelona when he was just 16 years of age, and uh, even Neymar was involved. And Vinicius himself then was quoted as saying, well, you know, I always played as Barcelona whenever I was playing on PlayStation. Uh, But at the 2017 South American Under-17 Championships, that's when things turned in Madrid's favour. And in the end, it wasn't money-related, as Barcelona had offered more money to sign him. Vinicius, it said, preferred the Real Madrid template for his successful future. And there was a little bit more pressure on Vinicius last night because Brazil had representatives in the stadium to monitor his process. Silvinho was there. Remember, it's a busy year for the Brazilian national teams. 
Her is the Cup of America in the summer. And before that, there is the Under-20 World Cup. But Brazil are in serious danger of not qualifying for the Under-20 World Cup. Three games gone in the final group stages, and they are bottom of the group, one point from nine. And they need to finish, remember, in the top four to qualify. Realistically, they've got to beat Ecuador and Argentina in their final two games if they are to make it to Poland. As another Brazilian on the horizon for Real Madrid. They've been monitoring the progress in recent months of the Fluminense forwards. Pedro Guilherme, uh, the 21-year-old forward who scored 12 goals in his 37 appearances, is interesting a few clubs in Europe, including Juventus. And the player was quoted recently in Brazil as saying, I'm absolutely flattered, of course, to be linked with a move to Real Madrid. It shows all the hard work that I've done has been recognised. I will, though, stay focused here and see what happens. I'm ready for any challenge, whatever happens in the coming months. His release clause is, well, what is these days a paltry 50 million. Now, agent Mino Raiola has been busy trying to help Madrid with their striker problems for next season by recommending Romelu Lukaku, who is desperate to exit Old Trafford. Any interest initially shown was immediately tempered when the fee of £95 million was mentioned. Meanwhile, Christian Eriksen has appeared back in the press columns again. Madrid not prepared to pay any more than £65 million for the Dane, who has just one year left on his current contract with Tottenham. And should Tottenham not be willing to sell him, then they will instead look to keep both Modric and Ceballos. And finally, more words from Solari today, talking about this busy schedule ahead. He said, we aren't the ones who create schedules like this. We have to just get out there and play. Hopefully, he said, it's not been deliberately done by somebody. And how important is each competition? Well, he said, each is different. We want to win them all. It is simple. Our aim is to play with the same intensity in every game, regardless of the competition, the same style of football, and hopefully with a winning result. And that just about wraps it up then for this midweek update. Next up then, it is the Madrid derby at the weekend. We will be back on Monday with the next podcast. And don't forget, you can go to the website at realmadridpodcast.com to catch up on all the season's podcasts so far. Or you can follow on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Alexa, and various other platforms as well. Enjoy the derby then wherever you're watching. And from me, Tim Cable. Till next time, bye-bye for now.